This sucks. <laughs> so, see, you're looking at it in the wrong way, though. Okay. You see it sucking. I see it not. I don't know. It sucks that, like, the last, like, it's not even about, oh, like, not That's having my bad. office. It's about I was really happy with how it looked yeah. and how it was set up. And it's stupid that it's gone. It's We have our grieving processes. Yeah. So this is me grieving. This is... Uh, I this do my grieving stupid. publicly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that we started. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Guiding Light, Casting Light, a podcast put on by Guiding Light. Um, yeah, this is our second season. We don't have Debbie here, which is usually the other host. but It's we... a male-only episode. <laughs> uh, we it's would... the first one, with I think, with all dudes. I think so. This yeah. is, we're coining it the, the bro down. down. So... <laughs> But yeah, so my name is Daniel. This is Doug. We've had Ryan. Uh, this is his. This is his second time on the podcast, and we look like children, children. like little kids. <sighs> yeah, um, but you know that's that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast po- podcast is about spreading hope and knowledge, and broing down. Bro down. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not in. Uh... There will be no more episodes in, in <laughs> the old studio that I that we used to record in. So this is this is our temporary setup, but I appreciate for that. now. For it's, now, it's a very nice space. If I it is a nice so space. myself. I'll, I'll give you that. It's, I like how tall the ceiling. I was going to say the raised ceilings really bring it all together. Exactly. All it needs is a tap. It's not good for the acoustics, but you know, hey, who cares, <laughs> no, right? It's actually fine. So I've been on to like a theory. I want to test it with you guys. I feel like every, <laughs> it's not okay. that deep. We're off to but, a good start. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like everyone has a friend from like when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And when you hang out with them, you immediately revert back to being like 14 again. Mm-hmm. Like mine would be my buddy mm-hmm. Simon. Do you yes. guys have, have friends yes. that? Yeah, absolutely. Mine's dead, but. <laughs> Sweet. Hard <laughs> to make like a wow. <laughs> but. Well, no, I mean, the, the one friend that I can remember, like, it would always just be like that that kiddiness to it. That sounds bad, but the childishness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I have another friend that would probably fall at least a little into that category. I have an issue. Like I do that with pretty much anybody from that part of my life. I kind of revert back to that stage. So like, even when I see people who like I went to high school with who I didn't even know that well those those insecurities like come back and i kind of revert back to that like there was a guy who went through the program here who (laughs) like i went to high school with and for whatever reason like my like i wanted to like this part of me like wanted to like impress this person yeah and like seem cool to this person i'm not kidding um like and I was aware of it. It's not like I conscious. It's not like I th- like took over. But I'm like, where's this insecurity coming from? You know, and 
I'm a lot more confident with, you know, people who I just meet now who I am, but like somebody who I knew from like three, four years ago, I revert back to like the level of like confidence in myself that I was back then. I feel like there's that kind of, I, I have some memory of, I have an emotion tied with these people that it kind of brings me back to that place where if I meet someone brand new, I'm kind of just like, I don't really care. Like they, I have this fresh slate that I can kind of paint on. I wanted to go back to my 10 year high school reunion. Cause I don't think anybody expected me to be alive this long. Mm. And they definitely didn't expect me to be, <laughs> be in the place that I am now. Mm. So I was really excited to go back and then COVID hit and, probably no one in my class a lot of people in my graduating class aren't around i didn't want to go i wanted to rub it in their faces no. yeah i didn't want to go back i wasn't even invited i wasn't upset about it i don't have any social media so probably they they <laughs> can't find helped. me they can't find me anyways i heard i ran into somebody who i ran into somebody at a gas station who was talking about how they were putting it on again and then i just kind of I didn't follow up. You were like, no. <laughs> I, I mean, part of me did want to go. I was still in active addiction, though, so, like, I really didn't want people to... I think maybe now I still wouldn't want to, but, like, I could understand the appeal of, like, rubbing it in some people's faces that I'm, like, okay now. <laughs> right. But Realistically, though, I think it'd be cool just to see... It'd be... It's just such an eye-opening experience to be like, oh, like that's what that's what en that's what ended up happening to you. Yeah. Like I know what happened to me, obviously, and, and it was a pretty weird, crazy story. So I can only imagine, you know, what happened to Jimmy or mm -hmm. you know, Jessica or whatever, where it's just like, oh, like I wonder where you ended up now. A lot of people got fat. That's what I've found <laughs> from <laughs> from you know. I actually know one person that graduated a year. I wonder if she, I think she was in my grade actually, that she's now married and has a kid and is also in recovery actually. And I found out years later that I ran into her at a meeting and I was like, you too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but she's doing good now. But anyways, Ryan, <laughs> if, did you ever want to be a rapper when you were growing up? No, really? not even once. You, Doug? No, I wanted to be a producer, though. That's way cooler. That's more unique. I I was, made, I've, I've made some pretty decent beats, actually. Who was your inspiration to be a rapper? So I listened to, in middle school, a lot of it was, and I was listening to, like, 2000s hip-hop and R&B throwbacks again. Those songs are terrible. Like, not, not like the actual, like, songs are catchy, but, like, the lyrics are terrible. Like, you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, they're talking about terrible things right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but, of course, I had, like, Eminem, so I watched 8 Mile, and I was like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Snoop Dogg. I know you like the atmosphere. Atmosphere. Once I, I, didn't, I found out atmosphere a little bit, like, later, and that, that's when I actually started to understand, like, oh, this is, it can be a little different than what, like, the yeah. mainstream thing is. Yeah. And I think atmosphere was actually got me into, like, me and my buddy used to sit in his car and just smoke spice for hours yep. yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. rap. And I, and I would have my laptop. And so I just have like hours of footage on my computer of terrible, yeah. terrible rapping. I really wish I could hear some of this. I mean, I had one of my, the first rap I wrote that I remember, it was something about Adderall and it was, uh, tracks. I know, right? I was in math class, probably just all geeked out. Like, I'm so happy right now. What was it? Um, 
Addies, Addies, Addies. I got them Addies, Addies, Addies. Then I pop a few more. Then I hit the dance floor when I'm feeling on my jam. And you see that girls dance. Got them Addies. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> well, I, I only 15. say that as I only say that as somebody who did that exact same. Song. Oh yeah, I had no. terrible. I I had a couple of terrible songs that I made. Yeah. Beer and pills. That was one of them. Nice. Yep. Um, I mean, I had some like I I have I have music that I've written now that like later in later in my life I've made some good songs, but on a whole, like I more appreciated just. And then I had a, a, one of my friends that just would not freestyle with us where he's just like, no, 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 look, like I can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, I know I can't do it either, but I'm still, and he's like, no, 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 no. Like I can't, I'm not going to try cause I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. Never stop me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you probably kind of can though. I have my moments. Like I remember there's been a few moments I've been able to do that when I've been, but it's been times when I've been on like no sleep like I had to have like the perfect amount of like, cause I just, I overthink everything. Yeah. So like if I'm, if I'm just the right level of messed up and it usually has to involve sleep dep- deprivation too. Um, and like amphetamines and like, meth? It, I've never done, no, I've never, I've never done meth. Here's the real question. Are you willing to freestyle rap for us right no. now? No, <laughs> thank you. That's not happening. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> worth a shot no see i i like but i always wrote poetry from a very young age too so it's it kind of translates to it um what did you what were you you were a skater though no for like every everyone i was was the i was the taught myself acoustic guitar nice and had to let everybody know did you play wonderwall man whenever i think about myself as like 15 to know wonderwall i think about (laughs) myself at like 15 it hurts so much of my soul like it was bad. I thought that bad. I always wanted to know how to play guitar. Did you want to know how to play Wonderwall? It's no. great. It's a great song. I, no, I thought that was freaking lame. <laughs> really? Yes. Oasis. Do you know they have like eight albums? No, it's not that. It's not Oasis. I actually I like Oasis, but yeah. I mean the, the the person that plays Wonderwall though. Oh, I that that's like the greatest like punchline of any like oh yeah i know it, let me oh there's a, a there, there's a campfire i'm gonna bring my I'm anyway bring my guitar. yeah yeah <laughs> all right so what about you doug you skated no i longboarded you skated then You're i couldn't i couldn't do any tricks though i wasn't cool i was a poser i, wasn't I wore cool. i wore i wore the like skateboarding clothes and whatnot but i I mean, do you think I knew how to skate? No, you yeah. just have to carry a skateboard. People are like, that I didn't even skates. have a skateboard. I had a longboard. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, no, that was in high school. I hung out with like the tough kids and the bad kids. So everyone just thought I was, but I was like, Same. I was, I was fancy. Yeah. That was another, I was like, <clears throat> I spent like, I jumped from identity to identity. So I was like, I like to say I was one of the last generations of punks, like with the, the jacket with the patches all over and all that stuff and then they're still around um they are but not the way it's more folk punk now than it is like Um, punk and then um and then i just jumped right into the whole like stoner identity thing just the sad no not really i don't know just you know i'm just just all i do all i do is do drugs and that's what makes me cool yeah that was me i went right from sports to acid and weed yeah it's yeah, me, I, did. I don't care. Yeah. It's not it's not a phase, mom. And I was like, I was right. <laughs> yeah, lots of acid. 
I wasn't a big fan of psychedelics. Oh God, man. I was. Yeah. Uh, but some, some people, some people works well for them. Some people don't. I was, I, I grip on to reality too tightly and then I tend to want to off myself at the end of it all. So Mm-mm. you flashbacks to the LDS days. Yeah. The FLDS. Sorry. Yeah. Get it right. <laughs> don't mock. I don't know if I can make that joke on the podcast or not. I don't know what that means. Perfect. <laughs> Even okay. better. Cool. No, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I forget how tough it was being a, being a kid though. Like, yeah, I I think back to it and I like, what, like awesome na- naivety naivety mm-hmm. of being a kid and just like, oh my, my whole world's ahead of me. And just like you have no idea, kid. Like you're just, you know, you're stealing Norcos from your parents and you're you know taking swigs off their bottle and I'm sitting there like this is the best. Yeah. It is awesome. It is like at like, the time. Yeah. It's so awesome to have no responsibilities and just like <sighs> the only thing you have to look forward to is like getting messed up. Yeah. And I worked, I worked at Burger King. I was, I don't know if you know this, the King, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. I worked at, and I, I worked so hard. I saved up money and like, so, and I just kind of, and I'm the fourth child. So by the time I got to that age, my mom was just like, just tell me where you are. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I just need to know no. where you are. Oh, this guy's going to try and spray something in here. No, he's not. He might. He does it once a month. <laughs> I remember I was on acid and <laughs> my, my, uh, my dad kept like, kept like blowing me up. Cause like, guy like wasn't supposed to be gone like i was in trouble already and i was like screw this like i'm gonna go and do acid with my face do acid with my friends and i knew this was happening the whole time but i just was like i'm just i'm not gonna deal with this right now um and as i was coming down we were leaving we were all like tripping up in like grand haven and like some like state state park that we ran off of there was this place where like there was a sand mining place so there's this giant sand hill sand mining yeah 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 like so there's this like giant hill that you can stand on then you can run down and then run through all the like equipment and stuff like that and nobody was ever there it was really stupid but like it was so much fun i had so much fun tripping there but um so i'm leaving uh and i'm starting to come down and i'm like i have to do something about this and my friends were all gonna go to my friends were all gonna go to grand valley and i was like I don't know. You guys have to drop me off. I have to go home and I'm still like, I'm still like tripping bad. And I drive home. Well, I called my dad and I was like, Oh, okay. Sorry. My service was bad or or whatever. Like I didn't get your call. And he was like, come home right now. (laughs) So, so, um, so terrible. So I, so I come home, I'm still like tripping. He like, and like my mom and my dad are mad at me and he like takes one of the lamps from the ceilings and shines it right in my eyes and my <laughs> pupils are still like way yeah. higher so i'm like there are ah. eight, eight balls yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and he was like what's wrong with you i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and like i don't know why i didn't just like i i was gonna be in as much trouble anyway like i should have <laughs> just, just been, didn't go i should have just been like look dad i'm not coming home like <laughs> it wouldn't have changed anything no. you know what i mean but like that's just how tapped in I tapped into like obedience. I was, it's that, it's the weird of like, you're trying to break free of that as, as youth. And as a, as like a young adult, young, yeah. Older child. Yeah. And that where it's just like, Oh, I still need to listen to this. Yeah. See, I had the opposite. I had zero supervision growing up. So I didn't have any of that. I had a, I did. 
fun little story after Doug's yeah. story. I used to take hallucinogenics and go out to Felt Mansion uh, between Holland and Saugatuck and go hunting for melon heads. Oh, you did tell me the story. Yeah, that was fun. What are melon? You heads? never you you've never heard of melon heads? No, I don't You're know what from any West of this Michigan. means. I've never heard of this. Is it a West Michigan before. thing? Yeah, I oh. think it's more of a Saugatuck area thing. But they were are little, they mushrooms? No, 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 no. No, no. no they're, they're little men. deformed children that live out in the woods. Yeah, oh, that have okay. some disease that makes <laughs> their heads super big, and then they're not you know, feral melon heads. <laughs> you can so do these aren't real. They're very real. No, they aren't. <laughs> like so disappointed. <laughs> I'm a believer. You were tripping and you went looking for <laughs> mythical creatures? Yeah. That felt mansion. That sucks. At like two o'clock in the morning. That sounds terrible. One time we went <laughs> and we did mushrooms out there. Yeah, and we're running Sweet. around and we lost a buddy of mine for like an hour and a half. And none of us had flashlights. Um... And we couldn't find my buddy. And then we found him a couple hours later. He's out at the beach. There was a fire going. And he had found some other friends from high school that were out there. He's just, just like living drinking. his best life. So our two groups merged. Half of us were on mushrooms. Half of them were drunk. And my buddy just found him just walking through the woods and just popped out. I was like, oh, my gosh, look at it. That I'm is funny. How just, it's just like, oh, wow. It's so we were just meant to find each other. You know, it's like, no, you're not. It, that's the that's see I had friends in high school that got very into hallucinogenics but thought thought of them as a very like more like I do. deeper purpose. That's and, how I think of them. That's what we were talking about yesterday with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, did you hear this? No. Aaron Rodgers apparently had went on some ayahuasca trip in mm -hmm. 2020 and was just like changed my life. Yeah, probably. And, did. Like I bet it did, but I don't think it, it made changed you a, my life doing hallucinogens. Well, I thought you said ayahuasca. I was gonna be like, you did ayahuasca. No, I want to. I've, I don't, I don't see it as an option for me now. But no, me neither. But, but like, I know it's disappointing. It's yeah. just like, ah, come on. Yeah. But I'm not. I just don't. I don't do well with. I would be a person that like I would have to do enough to kind of like really shatter my perception to really open up, and I'm I'm just not okay with that because I had an experience with Cortisian, where like. It was the most real. All I can think of was the cough syrup, the the pills though, the yeah. triple C's. Uh, yeah, I I did my fair share <laughs> yeah. of that. I got holes in my brain. Yeah, and I remember this. I was like, I I ate a bunch of them, went to this party. They weren't kicking in, and I was just like, well, I'm gonna go stand by my car. Yeah. And like walking to my car, it was like a train hit me. Yeah. And I I just remember closing my eyes, and it felt like my my brain in reality was on a rubber band, and it was like just about to snap. And just be gone forever and i was literally just like <laughs> just had to like keep my mind in, in tow yeah but like lsd and mushrooms are so much nicer than that yeah corsine is very rough yeah that's a dirt that's a dirt trip <laughs> well most most lsd now is dirt anyway yeah but you know like and it's all and believe it's me, all i've had my research fair share, chemicals I've had my now. Fair, share, fair share of research chemicals but like real uh, this is a, I, this I've is also a, never had that. I've yeah. also, I've always had some some knockoff. Well, try it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I was a very big. Let me. Have you ever taken Vicodin? Yeah. Let me tell you about a better alternative. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a fair comparison, but I mean, like, I don't know. I I was definitely like kind of a, a shamanistic, like douchey psychedelics guy. Yeah. And sure. I I think that they have. I genuinely do think that they have a place Me too. in 
but the way that people view them, I don't think, I, I think if like in ayahuasca ceremonies, like actually like how that's done in a, in a ritual, like it's made to kind of like lead you to things for that to help you and not just like, I'm just going to take 20 hits of acid and sit yeah. in my bedroom. <laughs> like, well, that's how I started using it. <laughs> like, especially like later into my twenties, like I would mix it with all the other drugs I was doing and like. And then when I became in, you know, severe alcoholic, like I, I lost, I stopped treating, I said at the time, like I stopped treating psychedelics with respect, yeah, the respect that they deserved, you know? And so I stopped learning anything, but I don't know taking, I mean, like, honestly, like taking acid when I was like, you know, 14 was like a big turning point in my life. Like I, th I was pretty sure that like. I remember being in eighth grade and like thinking like, okay, I think I got everything figured out. Like, I think I was like, and not that atheism is wrong or as a, as a, as a worldview or like, or is the incorrect worldview. I don't know. It could be like, whatever, like everything could be absolutely meaningless. I'm perfectly open to that. But like, I was of the, I was of the worldview at that time that like, okay, everything make, can be explained in reality by strictly like mechanistic terms. Yeah. Like everything is just other things randomly bumping into each other. That makes sense. And then the first time I took acid, that kind of changed everything for me. And I don't know, I, I might sound really stupid right now, but like it's, it's, I mean, it's stupid also that I took it at that young of an age. Like I'm not recommending this or anything like that, but for me, <laughs> but for me, it was a really like, it was a really life changing thing for me. Like I wouldn't, it fundamentally altered who I was as a person. So it, it I was don't know. <clears throat> on a less, just as an impactful uh, reaction to me taking acid, I was probably 15, 16, a lot of drugs when I was younger. Yeah. Um, like it wasn't necessarily the impact of like what the trip was about or anything like that short of that. I rolled the only perfect blunt I ever rolled in my life was the first blunt I ever rolled while I was tripping. Mm -hmm. But anyways, is that was the first time also I realized that what I was told about drugs was not correct. Right. Like I kind of knew that inherently yeah. about yeah, a lot yeah. of the substances that I chose to take. But like at that time I was like, Oh wait, I'm not on the moon eating yeah, my dog not, like yeah, yeah 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 you know like it was <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a very i was i was kind of like let down almost because <laughs> i thought was, it would I, be bad i was hoping dare was right you know yeah, yeah like yeah. like i like but i i had all these pre preconceived ideas and that's why i think it's important also to have like accurate information when we talk about sure. young people about what drugs are, can be, can do, and all these other things. Yeah. Like it's a realistic approach instead of just scaring people because I wasn't going to be scared to do anything like, but I very much was like, Oh, that's not like, it just put a seed of doubt in my head about what I was ever told. Yeah. I'm just picturing Chappelle show he goes and talks to the kids. Yeah. I know that episode. <laughs> I was watching a Chappelle show last night, but yeah, I do remember that my friend, and actually my friend that when you talk about like you act like a child again, my friend that passed away, one of my favorite stories that he ever told me. Um, so he used to grow, sh grow shrooms like a lot. So we had ounces and ounces of shrooms. And so there was a time that he ate. I, I The number's probably been embellished over the years, but sure. It was it was yeah, probably like a quarter goes. ounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was probably like three quarters of an ounce because I used to tell the story as like 22 grams or three something. Three quarters of an ounce? It was, it was grams. It was like multiple, multiple grams. So... Jesus uh, Christ. 
Yeah. So anyway, and he, he ate a lot all the time. Yeah. But so anyway, so he was outside when all this was going on and like, you know, it's just tripping. Oh, yada, yada. And his neighbor shot his dog like because he lived out in the farm. So his neighbor shot his dog. So he literally like r- was like, what's going on? Like ran and like got, oh my got the dog. It gets way worse. Oh my God, <laughs> like, dude. Got the dog. And then his mom was like, oh my gosh, like we need to take the dog to the vet. My friend, you know, eight balls in his eyes, just like, and had to, and his mom's like, I can't drive. So he had to drive the dog and the mom from yeah. like Perry into like Okemos to go to a vet. And my friend literally sat there and held his dog's hand as they euthanized him. And like he and it obviously, but he was always like, I never recovered from that. And I was like, oh, I bet not. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Terrible. Yeah. Um, that's a sad story, but no, I can't, I always I, I, I can't even imagine, dude, that is terrible. But that's one of those things too of it's, I like, how can you describe to young people? Like, cause I think about it, like I'll see a high schooler now and I'm like, you're a child. And like, that's oh, how, that's sure. how old I was when I made a yeah, lot of terrible decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if anything would have ever changed my mind. Oh. Well, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like look at the way we treat alcohol in this society. If that's acceptable, then all drugs are acceptable. Like nothing is like, like nothing is that bad. I think if everybody can just have a realistic understanding of that and like, Hey, you know, these are the downsides. These are the upsides. It's not going to like just be responsible and like, and you know, go from there. It would be, it would be such a massive paradigm shift to to actually approach it would require a massive paradigm yes. shift yeah right but that's i don't know the way the way it's handled now like is not working so no and the know. treatment of it's not working yeah either. like and once again it's like you know i say this as somebody who is sober for, like who's abstinent from all substance abuse like things yeah. like um like if alcohol is legal in our society, then everything should be legal. It's one of, it's one of those things that I would like, I would like to argue against it, but I can't. Yeah. I Ryan, mean, what do you think <laughs> on that hot take? Um, or just what we've been talking about in general. I think we're talking about in general. I think with, when you guys were talking about kids and all of that, I was thinking of like, I don't know if romanticizes the word I want to use, but like shows like Euphoria, they show, they go in like, no, it, it, mm-hmm. it shows that, that yeah. gritty side of it, of like what like substitutes can be and in kids. And I think some of it is amplified and I don't know, I'm not a kid anymore. It's an, I, that was not my high school experience. Yeah. But then that's like the one person in the show, the main character, that's when they, show like the lengths that addiction can go to and that's when it's like oh then there's a problem and like you said i saw the dare videos if someone came up to me and if i could time travel go back in time and tell 16 year old ryan like hey quit being an idiot like this is where your wife's gonna go you're not in treatment and getting sober at 25 i would have been like whatever man yeah i can can go to 25 i wouldn't have listened to that (laughs) no no and it's and if you go up and think think about it i could go and share my experience with a 16 year old right now, I'm going to sound just like a dare. I'm like, listen, I know 
that the weed and acid it wasn't that bad and it started off really fun and it was comfortable and then you got to drinking and then even then it wasn't that bad for a while and it was, there was just like a few really rough years i had in a there. solid 10 years of joy okay i'm yeah. not gonna lie to you guys i'm like <laughs> it's a horrible sale like sales pitch yeah but it's that's bad. the truth it's the truth so at that think with that in mind yeah. with that like lens it's like i don't want i i hate being a fan of the whole, like you just gotta like whatever life gives you and just know. be there for someone when they're ready for help. I would be like, just like, look, it's going to be fun. <laughs> just know where the, like, be conscious about if you need, like, an exit ramp, you know? Yeah. And also like, that these these are the actual, like, it's, it would be different to go into the conversation of, like, like oh, here's a questionnaire. I think you're an alcoholic or I think you're a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Answer these questions. But if I, if I would have genuinely had any forethought to understand like hey how many days in a row have i been doing this mm-hmm. like what happens like like because i can i can remember yeah. now back to the conversation i had with my significant other at the time that like i was more oh i couldn't get any pills that day like i would fight i would yell at her and like mm-hmm. what I? you know oh, i'm clearly everyone yeah. knew i had a problem years before yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. but like i didn't i didn't connect those dots like I didn't, I didn't have enough of an understanding of the world to know really what was going on. And not that like knowledge would have changed it at all, but I feel like it would have at least given me a, a clear picture of what I was actually doing. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the entire point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it makes me think about how like, like I was drinking every single day, literally the day I turned 21. Um, ironically alcohol was one of the hardest drugs for me to get my hands on yeah before i was before i was 21 like i was shooting dope at 19 yeah every every day like (laughs) and and you know going back to the dare thing it's like well the guy who i was buying weed from had xanax and coke and stuff like that too so i was like doing that when i was 15 yeah and it's like it's like you know the, the legal thing was the hardest thing for me to get a hold of but it was I didn't really like I I think it's kind of weird too that like when I started so when I turned 21 and I was drinking as soon as I woke up like literally like the day I You're like, <laughs> the day Whoa. I realized that I could oh I can just buy this at seven in the morning and just like that makes everything go away like um it's like I was kind of okay with that I was an alcoholic I don't yeah. think I realized the implications of like yes. what that actually meant you know what I mean? That I would be a, a loser. That I would like. <laughs> that I would just like. Yeah, but you were that, you were always hot, Doug. No, I was no. I'm, I was, <laughs> hot mess, Doug. No, there you go. Just hot, Doug. Yeah. No, uh, just a. But I, was, I think I was a very sad, young man. <laughs> the, but I think that's that's time. also the very pathetic loser i get it we've all been there (laughs) (laughs) no but i i think that that's where it struggles like we can sit here and laugh about this yeah and we have at least the insight of what it's really like Mm -hmm. where and again i have a daughter that's growing up and you know at some point i'll have to have these conversations and you know like that you know i i bet i'll have a very different opinion at that point um but it's also i think very we have, at least for me, I had parents kind of talking to me or guiding me in this realm that they had no idea 
was about. So like, I'm just thinking of like people listening to this being like, wow, like that's kind of, that's kind of blunt or, you know, like not very kind or whatever. It's like, we get the reality of it. And, but the same thing with dare, like, I don't think anyone trusted me enough to make me to sit, to let me make any decisions, but I never, I never was told that there was a decision to make. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I went out and I just did kind of what I wanted to do. People don't do drugs. All right. I don't know what that, like, like on the surface, I know what that means, but like, I remember taking my first Viking and I remember talking to my brother about it like years before. And he's like, Oh, you do this. And you like, you feel this way. And it's so great. And I was like, Oh, that's fantastic. And then I took a Viking and I was like, well, that's BS. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And like, I had all this disinformation. Like I never really knew what the truth was about these things until five years later when I have needles in my arm and I still didn't even know what being dope sick was about. And like, I never really knew what it, like the whole idea of, you know, Oh, I, I didn't know I wanted to quit until I tried and I couldn't or whatever that whole spiel is. So how would that conversation with your daughter go? How is that going to (sighs) go? I think one of the things that I do want to do and I want to be honest Right. I want to be honest of my experience and my desires at that age and you know what I was looking for and what I found and but at the same time it's that thing of like at some point they're going to make their own decisions like I I don't I don't and I don't see my daughter very much at all right now like and that's because of my addiction and I'm working for that relationship to be better mm-hmm. and I'm very proud of the work that I've done mm-hmm. and her mother's doing a great job and I have the most respect for her and I'm blessed that she is her mom but like I've seen other people parent and it's like, all right, like I'm going to control every single aspect of your life. And then you turn 18 and then all of a sudden now you have control of your life like that. I don't think that's how it should work at least personally. Yeah. Like you should be building somebody up to be ready for the world, not kick them into it and then be like, I don't understand how you failed. I've told you what to do your entire life. Yeah. And now you don't do like, what, what do you mean? You don't do what I told you to do. Like there was a very clear through line with a lot of the people I hung out with in high school, a lot of us who were the biggest screw ups when it came to drugs cool and alcohol. Kids, let's be the honest. The coolest cool kids, kids <laughs> were all the ones who went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school when I was uh, in elementary school. I'm and sorry. a lot of us jumped out. It was fine. They taught us that dinosaurs were real. Like it wasn't that. Oh, bad. that's cool. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't like hardcore. No, the nuns didn't dress like nuns. It was pretty cool. Did they hit your hands with rulers? No. Okay. Good that for never you. happened. Um, but I was a good kid. So maybe 1990s. Yeah. Well, not even, I mean, really, let's see. I was in 2000? fourth grade when nine 11 happened. So that's 2001. That makes no sense. You know what? There, no, that make fourth grade was the last year that I was in the school there. So was I in fourth grade when nine 11 happened then? Mm-hmm. I was in third grade. I don't know because you might be like, I know we're like, did you graduate in 2010? Yeah. Were you held Yeah, back? then you were. No, I know. I only failed one class in my entire school history. I was not a good student. Grade. It wasn't um, fourth grade either. What was my point? Though? No, sophomore. Um, oh, yeah. You were the cool kids. Yeah, Your Catholic cool school, straight uh, line through. Yeah, so all the kids that went to Catholic school, like I remember I was, I was, um, I was like hanging out in this trailer like with a bunch of kids and like. Being cool. Being cool. <laughs> um, we were all doing a bunch of drugs and like. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, we were smoking weed. I mean, big deal. Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, um, and we were drinking and doing cocaine. But, like. That's pretty cool. Um, but one of these people, but somebody was, like, like, the conversation got around to, like, um, like, how many of you guys went to St. Mary's? And, like, all of us, like, raised our hands. And we didn't even realize it at the time. But, like, yeah, like, all of us, the biggest the biggest mess-ups at my high school were. We don't even care I guess as a percent, as a percentage-wise, like, we were a bigger demographic of that type of person. Now, I don't know. This is entirely anecdotal. I mean, my theory is falling apart as I'm describing it right now. But I don't, like, what's your theory though? That like, so you were talking about how like people who have a lot of control in their lives, like yeah. being raised that way tend yeah. to rebel against it inherently. Yeah. And I guess my example of us, the the kids who went to Catholic school, yeah, being I think more rebellious. Well, was, I, yeah. Cause I, I think there's a fine line of slowly handing over more responsibility to, to, to the individual as a child grows older. And again, this is me saying this as, I'm, I'm, I have a child that doesn't mean I'm a father. Like I'm doing my best to get back in that spot. Right. But so again, yeah. take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but I see, you know, family members and all this other stuff where it's like, like, do you, like, what do you expect when, when that person, when that kid leaves your house, like they're not going to want to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. And then who are they going to go to when they're in trouble? Not you, Ryan, what are your thoughts? What's up champ? Tell me about the cool kids. Were you a cool? Were you cool in were high you, school? Well, I cool? wasn't. I was a I was a cool kid. I, I was, was. I was a loser, but was, my was high school was weird. Everyone kind of liked everyone, and got along with everybody. Lame. Like across the board, it was not your normal high school experience. Um, Holland. Yep, Holland, Holland High School, Holland Holland Public. Not that Holland might be Christian. that might be because like you were popular though. Yeah. That have you, have that you ever thought that? You know have you ever mean? thought that your privilege just you just didn't even recognize it? Hmm? <laughs> no, I mean like I'm not getting into <laughs> not even addressing that. No, I, I think Doug has a fair point of it, it. It at least wasn't you weren't at the top, you weren't at the bottom, so it was just kind of an easy easy keel through. But I also saw interactions with literally everybody, and I would go to parties, and he, everybody he, was there. He was a cool kid. It was a mm-hmm. very I'm serious. Like it was a very tight knit just class. How many people was during your graduating class? About 200, 250. He was a cool kid. <laughs> Is that a lot? That's a lot. I think I had that's, like that's, that's, that's not, not a lot. Very big. My graduating. Yeah, I think I had like a thousand in my class. In your graduating class? Yeah, I think my, so. My graduating class school, yeah. had a hundred and seven kids. <laughs> yeah, so it's not. It's half the size of my class. And I was a cool kid. <laughs> I don't think a thousand is right, but definitely no. Like, it's not because that's no. massive. No, but I, like a lot. It was like six, like six to nine hundred is massive for a graduating class. Probably six hundred. Yeah, yeah. So my school had eight hundred kids in it. I think my high school was like division two or division three. We got it. <laughs> so what? What did you think of? Were there cool kids in your school? Were there rebels? Like were were there the distinct groups? Like we had like the drama kids. We had the cool kids. Me. Um, we would literally have the kids that were on the football team and soccer team and all of that would be the ones that were getting the leads in the play. They're also oh, the ones weird. that were all supplying the weed on week. Like my class was weird. Did you everybody ever, did everything together? Did you ever hear the thing of like, oh, put your kids in sports to keep them out of trouble? You've heard that, right? Yeah. Every 
every kid I, I knew in high school that got me into trouble, I met in sports. <laughs> yeah. It's where the weed was. Yeah. the weed at? On the football team. <laughs> or soccer. Nah, I feel like it's soccer. Yeah. But no. So my high school experience, there wasn't anyone like... Yeah, there probably were like more popular kids, um, but it wasn't like so far. Like, it's not like what you see on TV or other stories I've heard. Like, that's her. Homecoming King would probably legitimately be friends with someone that. If you were going people. to let a young man early on in his addiction know one thing, what would you tell him? <laughs> Remember, this is a bro down. This is a young man. I know, I'm trying to think of <laughs> what would, that's, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I'm trying to think of like, what would I tell myself? An older bro to a younger, younger bro, you know? Um, like, Hey bro, coming from, if you'd shut up, I could probably think about how to answer this and get your dead air, but you can give me four seconds. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if I, I literally don't think anything that would have been said to me when I was a kid would have, or younger would have made any difference. So not to, not to change his path, but just to, if you were to give him some wisdom that might help him immediately, it might help him in a long run, like with addiction. Yeah. A young bro in addiction. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't. What about you, Doug? Would you I think about this all the time. Right? Like, <laughs> um, like it goes back to like the like just just know that there are exit ramps. Like I know if I was talking to me specifically, like there's nothing I could say to myself that would stop me from that just overwhelming want and compulsion to just just go nuts, you know, to just yeah. get as as high and as drunk and as effed up as possible. And like, I would, I would say to myself or I would say to somebody else, just like, like, just be wary of the signs that if you have a problem and beware, be wary that you don't, it's not, you don't have to be trapped like that forever. And when it starts to get bad, there are proven ways for you to, to, to figure out how to live a fulfilling life. And just be careful and don't die. Don't be stupid. You know, yeah. nobody told me to not be stupid. Everyone told me that. And I was so stupid. <laughs> I feel like nobody told me to not be stupid. Like I was so like, I was so dangerous and reckless in my addiction. Like, um, everybody told me to just stop and that didn't help. Like, right. I think, I think the harm reduction thing would have been a much better approach for someone like me of just be like, you know, don't go out and drive when you've had, you know, when you drank a fifth, you know, don't, um, you know, like don't, don't black out on Zanny bars and, 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 and do God knows what, maybe just don't black out on Zanny bars at all. Like, you know, maybe but if like, you're going to do it safely. Yeah. But like, you know, maybe like put your keys somewhere where yeah. you're not going to find them or something, you know, like practical things like that. It's, it's funny though, that as I say that, so I actually was given a bit of wisdom mm -hmm. as a young addicted bro. Uh, and it was, I think the guy is either, I'm assuming he's probably dead by now. It was one of the first people that I met that was like a heroin addict junkie for a long time, knew the ropes of everything. And I remember driving out to Lansing one time 
and you know, and in, in all the times I've talked to this guy, you know, every once in a while you get like, man, that was really wise. And we were talking about it and he was like, he was telling me the story of he had this significant other that he was very close with that they were probably going to get married. And he, um, went over to her house or something and, she, and he was getting some pills and she's like, you either pick those pills or you pick me. And he, and he's like, so I picked the pills and I never saw her again. And he was like, Daniel, at some point you're going to come to a road where you're either going to, and I had a fiance at the time. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I was long-term relationship. Sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, there, there's going to come a time in your life, Daniel, where you're either going to pick her or you're going to pick this. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to turn back whatever road you go down. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I think about that. Yeah. 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 Don't tell a young bro. Um, and I was like, but that was probably some of the wisest. It was, it was like, Hey, like there's going to come a point that you can't go backwards where you're going to have to find a way to deal with the situation that you're in, which is the situation I found myself in. Yeah. And also it's funny because I literally have the, I tell my mom be safe. She, she tells me to be wise all the time. (laughs) So it wasn't, don't be stupid, but it was pretty close. Yeah. That was at 15. She started telling me that. So I think I heard don't be stupid a few times. It didn't, didn't land hardly ever, but I've definitely been told that. Don't be stupid. Don't, don't do anything stupid. Daniel, I, I heard all the, you know how much potential you have? Hmm. I never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. And that, see, that's what I didn't like. I never got to set my own goals. Like I, mm-hmm. I can remember yeah. growing up. It was always like, I, I was the youngest of four kids. I was yeah. quote unquote the smartest. So like, it was always like, Daniel's going to be okay. Daniel's fine. Yeah. Like he's fine. Yeah. And I des and then it was like, everyone else was not okay. So I had to make sure everyone else was yeah. fine. And it was always just like, well, what about me? Yeah. And I was, and I was just, I was just a baby bro at that point. I mean, being the, <laughs> being the, uh, I don't know, being the quote unquote favorite, like, <laughs> um, I only re- like, seriously, I only kind of started choosing my own path or or feeling like I'm having my own agency and what I'm doing with my life. Um, like very recently, like <laughs> two past, weeks two, ago, like two years. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, I think when I finally made, I, you know, I've said it before. I've been, I've tried to get sober many, many times, but this was the first time, you know, this was the first time that I actually did it completely for myself and not yeah. for the sake of somebody like completely. Um, and it was, you know, because I came here, um, I didn't have to have somebody else like financially bail me out. You know what I mean? It was me taking 100% responsibility for the first time. And, you, you know, I've always like every direction or every like thing I thought I was doing with either like what direction am I moving in with whatever the hell you want to call a career or, or or anything like that like whatever direction i'm moving in like i i was always doing that for the sake of somebody else whether or not whether or not i i very much believe that i was doing it for myself but i was yeah. always kind of doing it for 
for other people or for the sake of some other identity that I was putting on. I think right yeah. now is the first time in my life that I'm like kind of living authentically as myself and like moving in a direction that I want to go in for the sake of myself and not for somebody else. And I don't know why you said something that made me think that. No, the, I, I think, I think agency, that was a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. I never really understood that I had it right until i got sober yeah, me neither. yeah and the whole authenticity exactly i i feel much i'm okay with the decisions i make because i know they're mine mm -hmm. and like again it's it's not like i had like my mom or a significant other you know behind me saying like you need to do this you need to do this yeah. you need to. but whether it be i kind of did second or third people outside or it was this false persona that i had on that i was so desperately trying to to manifest yeah and then and i got sober and then i was terrified um but then i realized that i had agency in my life and i was like oh wow that's that's kind of scary too yeah it's very scary yeah do you remember being a baby bro ryan i think you've beat the baby bro joke to death this was a bro down so no one else was saying it i was really hoping doug said the whole like favorite kid i was so hoping he was going to be like you know when i was like a baby bro when i was a young bro <laughs> no no i think you beat it into like a 10 minute window nice a little too much bro there it is do you think you're living as a, as an authentic version of yourself i try my best to um, I think it's hard to necessarily gauge that. Uh -huh. um, something we like to do around these parts um, with, the, with the recovery program, we're talking about like meta goals, mine mm. would be authenticity. Um, I was very good at fitting into different social settings. It didn't really matter where I was at. Um, and it, that it was important for me especially when I got sober to like, I didn't know who I was. I wasn't comfortable ever in any situation um, to just kind of be okay with being myself and kind of living as authentically as I can. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to kind of be able to look at like, is this me or is this situational? Is this circumstantial? Well, um, I imagine it's gotten better. Yes, I feel like I do a pretty good job at like being Ryan today. Yeah, when do you, when do you think you was there a was there a point where it kind of got to the where it's like oh okay I think I'm actually genuinely starting to live more authentically, like I'm starting to figure out who I actually am. I would say the last couple of years work has helped a lot. Um, between this mm. job, my last job, um, I had to get more comfortable with speaking my mind and speaking like if I see yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think just kind of pushing through that probably the first couple of years in like recovery, it's hard hard for me to kind of find my voice and I was kind of forced myself into it with work. Um, and then you get more comfortable and then it's like if you're preaching something to someone, you better I, I better be practicing it myself. Yeah. Um, so a lot of different techniques and stuff like that or like conflict resolution, it's like I had to start implementing them in my own life. And then I actually look at like, okay, um, like, why am I doing this? Why am I saying this to this person? Is it to feel better? Is it because of this? Is it because of that? Um, so I think 
the last like two years, a little bit over two years, definitely helped me become more authentic because that's, I was standing up for myself more, felt more comfortable with that voice. Yeah. Um, more comfortable and uncomfortable situations of telling someone my actual feelings on something, not being afraid to go against the grain or ruffle some feathers if needed, not just for the hell of it, but it's like if I need to stand up for myself, I need to be okay with standing up for myself. And for me, that was something I, that I struggled with. It was easier for me to blend into the background. Yeah, me too. There was no conflict. I still, the whole time that you were talking, it, it just blows me away still of not not very long ago, we, we were in very different situations. You ever have those moments where it just kind of like hits you where you're like, wow, my life's different than what it was. Yeah. Um. We're sitting here in Ryan's office with microphones doing a podcast. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> but so weird. Like that's and you know, as you're speaking, like talking about you know taking a stand for what you believe in, and like you know all, all these different things. It's just like these are very different conversations than I would have had. Yeah, like I probably would have had conversations that are probably quote unquote deeper that meant nothing oh yeah that meant nothing and it just it gets me back to thinking about like why i i shouldn't do acid again because (laughs) i would see i would think about this happening right now and think what an absurd life i live yeah (laughs) (laughs) What, what a meaningless absurd life um and uh crap what else did you just say um Damn it. I like, I like the whole meaning the, like, there's no meaning. I, the first thing that popped my head was like beauties in the eyes of the beholder. Like, yeah. me, like my meaning is what I create. My meaning is what, is what I, I, yeah. I, I find myself in a position to be like, you know what? Like, this is what I take a stand for. This is what I love at this moment. Mm-hmm. That, that is fluid in and of itself, which is a lesson that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to like the same thing I did today as I did, you know, 10 years ago, I don't have to be that same person. Yeah. But also as far as meaning goes, like I'm allowed to, I I can dedicate a big chunk of my life to doing what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And then at some other point I can say, you know what, I'm going to change my meaning. Yeah. I'm going to dedicate my life to this other thing. And that's totally fine. Yeah. It's okay to change and like evolve and be like, you know what? I don't like doing this anymore. Yeah. But it still trips me out of, like, what is, what is even my job? I know. <laughs> like, I know. I, I love my job and I think it's so like, that's, I like the creativity and the passion and the one-on-one and the connection that I'm able to get by working with guys by like, it's an honor to be in this. It's an honor to go through guiding light. It's an honor to work at guiding light now. Like, and that's something that I didn't know until later on. I didn't, I didn't know what, what I was grateful for until later on. And then it's like, oh, yeah. wow, like, because I didn't know what things that meant a lot to me. I don't know what that felt like. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what it feels like for something to mean a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like. Perspective. Mm. Mm. Powerful. Powerful word. Do you want to plug the 5K? Yeah, so Guiding Light is hosting its first ever um annual 5k at millennium park it is guiding light strides for unity 5k um you could find it in some of the show notes underneath in this in this podcast it's also on runsignup.com uh 
the whole goal of this is to get a lot of community and resources all under one roof around a 5k so that a lot of the a lot of the resources in grand rapids and actually we have some some other uh organizations coming from detroit and just to really see what how we can support each other in ways that probably we either don't know that we could or we just didn't know people are out there doing that that sort of thing um it's thirty dollars there's a cool shirt it's uh october 23rd 9 a.m and it should be a blast cool 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 cool, cool, cool. it's almost 2 30 yeah uh and i gotta go thanks ryan for broing down with me doug uh yeah always broing yeah always a what broing all right all right all right okay bye